TCU podcast. I am your host, Jonathan Andre Culleton, and today we discuss a film, a mood, and most particularly, a person. It's 2021's The Worst Person in the World, an Oscar-nominated Darling of Khan, a film directed by Joachim Trier, written by Trier and Eskel Volt, this is the beginning of a name uh, catastrophe, and starring Renata Rensvi, Anders Danielson Lee, and Herbert Nordrum. It is about a lot of straight people, just a veritable ton of them. Y'all, this film was handpicked for you by today's guest. He is a writer for iCarly on Paramount+. Plus. You've seen him in Broad City. You've seen him in An American Pickle. And you can see him live in L.A. at his Limp Ritz at Woodstock 99 show. Tickets on sale now. It's Elliot Laser. Welcome, Elliot. Hi, thanks for having me. Of course, thanks for being here. We start our show, as always, with a nostalgia scan. You know, it's really to keep us honest. It's a a machine I made out of space trash, so please uh, let me go first, show you how it works. Um, I've put in some of the uh, free drinks that Julie snagged at that party for like a little extra zing. We always like to give it a little pop. It's time to ask ourselves, how much nostalgia do we really have for the worst person in the world. Scabbing. I'm gonna go ahead, beep, boop, bop. It's zero for me. Um, this is my this is my weird trajectory as a viewer who directs films also. I see a preview like this, I go, that's probably not my kind of movie, but I'll probably end up seeing it eventually and understand why some of these visuals are cool, etc., etc. So I remember seeing this trailer and being like, wow, cool tracking shot, um, and then putting it away really in my mind um, for forever until uh, your email. So um, I'm going to say zero. I think that's a pretty, a pretty good perspective to be coming from. I have no ties to this film. What about you, Elliot? Scanning. Yeah, I had the same experience where I was like, oh, this looks interesting, but then it really was all these reviews and, you know, the... The critical darling element of it and i'm not really a, i mean it's a wonderful thing to say in your podcast i'm not really a movie person <laughs> oh i don't know i don't know if it's because of like lack of attention or you know i'm not sure what it is but it's very hard to sit still for two hours and if i don't love the thing or i'm not super taken with it and so i'm very picky and i have a list i have lists of like the movies that i want to see the shows that i should watch or want to watch and obviously everything now feels like it's a should or or I want to, but um, right. to be socially responsible. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I don't have. I, I have a little bit of nostalgia for it, so maybe twenty five percent in that. I was like, I gotta keep. I gotta watch this. I gotta watch this. And so when uh, when we decided to do this, I was like, well, that's a movie I want to watch, and the title is gendered, so maybe there's mm-hmm. or not, and it's not gendered, so I'm I'm interested in seeing what that could what that could mean. Um, and uh, yeah, I thought for a second, I was like, the work, do I have nostalgia for 
the worst person in the world being right. Donald Trump. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I have none. I don't think those clips, I don't want to see any old clips. Right. Like, don't bring me, I do not want to go back there. This is already hard enough. But I realized, oh, we're talking about the movie, right? Yeah, totally. No nostalgia there. I feel sick every time I think about just my innocent mom watching The Apprentice and being like, Ugh. he's funny. And I mean, I just don't think this is going to end well. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, 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 just, I mean, like nostalgia for 2015 to 2021. Oh, like, yeah. I'm talking about like his, like his press, I can't even say it, you know, his, his time in office. I'll you say. don't have to. I'll bleep yeah. it out anyway. Um, yeah, thank you. <laughs> not my president. Um, but yeah, totally not the um, the idea, but the very white and straight film we have before us. Um, yes, it is that. But you know, sometimes I find that when something is that straight, it's almost queer. Um, yeah. and I was on the edge of my seat waiting for her to have a queer moment. I thought that blonde person. Right. At the, you know yep. the one because yeah. it's the only person that really appears queer in the film. Um, and, 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 not, and barely, but yeah. Sure. Yeah. You does mean the, la- have... the lady at the, at the, at the, like their weekend away or? Yes. Well, no, yeah. not the one that bumped her head. Not oh. that, but you're right. Sort of maybe some vibes sure. there. Maybe. No, I'm talking about the uh, person that was in the foursome of. Um, people uh, oh. doing the hallucinogens. Yes, yes, yes. But I think she's just arguably queer. Yeah, um, I think, I think so. you can totally. Or <laughs> make European. The kind of I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. At this point, I mean, remember people used to be like they're either gay or European, and it's like sure. oh, very, very funny. But now I like, you look at this movie and you're like, oh, I see that in a non-insulting way. Right. Not um, I think just generally, this is like a very male perspective. Yeah. Um, I I could not escape that. Um, and I think there's several points in the movie where uh, we can point it out um, and say, you know, maybe this isn't exactly what a woman uh, thinks. This is a, what a man thinks a woman thinks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's a big yeah. argument for that. Um, I don't know this guy, you know, who did this, but um, he could be the most tenderhearted, but he could be an Axel, you know, a very big, um, very big chance of that. I'm going to call this main character Julie uh, during it. Now, normally I wouldn't like just be like, I'm going to pronounce it the American way, but these are Norwegian people. Yeah, <laughs> so, I can say Julie. It's okay. <laughs> I'm fine with that, you know, yeah. um, and the other names I'm just going to pronounce the best I can. Um, and, and, you know, tell me if you uh, heard something a little different, but Avid, Avid, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's a little bug, you know, you find in warehouses. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll start with our synopsis. And this film is broken down into 12 chapters. I misread it. I thought it was four. So I started writing them down in the beginning and then I was like, fuck it. But I'm really not, it's nicely partitioned for people like yourself and for people like me, you know, who just are like, I want to know when it's going to end, Yeah. you know, <laughs> how it's going to yeah. be broken up. How far are we along in this lady's journey? Um, so we begin and this, this chapter, I think I'll call out just because I don't know why it's really named this. This is the one I couldn't really figure it out, but it's called the others. Um, and we sort of begin here with uh, all of her her blonde escapades, right? Right. When you're blonde, Elliot, it's a totally it's a different life. <laughs> yeah. And she 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 was having a relationship with her professor. 
Um, she just sort of is, uh, this, anything I, I say here is not going to seem pro-women, but like she seems disheveled. She seems a med student. She's going for something she really wants until she realizes she doesn't want it. But she says, okay, maybe I'll do psychology. And we get the first of a couple of scenes with her mom where she's like, I'm changing my career path or whatever. And her mom's like, all right, I don't identify with this because I've always known what I wanted to do. But this yeah. seemed particularly um, painful for mom. Yeah, very painful for mom. She was not happy about this. I felt bad. Um, so, you know, she has this this one haircut and we're going to we're going to mark these these times by haircuts, which is a very queer thing. I want to say a macro queer thing here. Um, we love to get a new do and just say reinvent ourselves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yep, reinvention by hair. Love it. So um, then she's like, I, I want to be a photographer. Um, she ditches one guy um, for Axel at like whatever the bar. Um, and I was so surprised when that guy came back later as even a faint memory for her. But, you know, she's doing this kind of like shaved head guy. Her taste in men also not my own. So yeah. I'm going to say every single one of these guys from top to bottom is just a no go situation for me. And I was yeah. like, why is she? Into him? Yeah, that I mean, I don't know if that, that's what's so interesting about it. It's like, well, is she the worst person in the world or is she just is her taste just questionable it's not norwegian men i think her taste is maybe something other than that because these are just like boring basic right they just <laughs> yeah not it, much it, to offer and with different careers you know but still boring still not really anything interesting to her um and so she sort of ditches this guy and then has a very quick falling in love process with axel um yeah. At the beginning, he says, you know, we should stop this now because we're going to fall in love. Um, and then we quickly see them move in um, to his apartment that's like sort of nice because he's like a successful comic book artist. Right. Um, you love to see it. You don't want to scope out Scruff for the career. But then, you know, if it's like, wow, he's cute and he's a cartoonist. Yeah, the last twenty years, you know, with but like an a, IMDb. A, a, like a political cartoonist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And well, yeah, I guess or, we'll have to. <laughs> I guess is it initially or not initially? It he sounds is, to me what I'm reading is like a Daniel Klaus um, sort of thing where because what when he started talking about buttholes, I'm like, okay, maybe this is like that because like Daniel Klaus used to have like Freudian sports where you like the dick would be the bat you know all oh, that wow. kind of stuff so it was very like graphic but then he'd be like well it's about like realness and stuff so right um yeah people with boogers and stuff people doing weird stuff um so that's kind of what i am taking a little bit from this but i think as a comic book those kinds of things often work very well and those people don't get you know, called out in the press a lot until their thing is made into a movie and people start yeah. examining the original work. Yeah, for um, sure. With all the buttholes. So Yeah, all the buttholes. <laughs> so, um, let's see. Then Axel is, you know, saying things very quickly about, uh, you know, having kids at this family event. This is, this is, by the way, my worst nightmare. They show up 
there's about four what is it like three three couples or something and like like five kids at least yeah lots of kids they're not tied up at all they're just running around loose no leashes (laughs) nope um yeah i just uh the the noise um it doesn't bother i'm okay with it it doesn't bother me um, that's good but, but, but she's the worst person in the world so it's definitely gonna bother her um yeah you're not she, you're not but she but she is <laughs> right i don't have I, and i'm not trying to be the best person in the world but um yeah. But she's, <laughs> yeah she's definitely uh you know watching things and we're kind of like this rem- it, it weirdly reminded me of that steve carell movie where he also goes to that weekend away with kids I think oh dan, dan in real life Right. Oh, I don't remember that one. This year, oh, it was yes. it was in his dr- indie drama. Remember right. indie drama phase, right after? Yeah. You know. Oh yeah. Uh, but, but anyway, it's just this thing of like, yeah, this person is in a situation where they're, it's so much that they're kind of going, you know, I really don't think this is gonna work for me. Yeah. Um, and they're expressing this to their partner. Um, I have a great partner right now. I don't think the conversation would go anything like this because Axel is just so unwilling to bend, unwilling to hear first, listen yeah. first. Um, he does. He never hears what she's saying. Um, no, no, he's movie. not much of a listener. <laughs> no, no, not a big listener. No, um, and he thinks he knows best. Uh, like yes. a lot of um, male, you know, AMAD people. Uh, it's it's like you you know the training is there yeah um, you know you'll be able to fix this and everybody will thank you yeah um, so that's terrible um, and then oh, let's see she's oh she says this is when she kind of starts being sort of vague about the future in a way that we're all entitled to right right so she says like he's like what do you want to fucking do and she's like stuff like basically saying. <laughs> The unknown. I right. do not want to know every morning that my baby's crying and that I have to take care of it. Um, so, you know, then they have that um, fun party scene where oh, right. you, knew, you knew something was going to go wrong with the uh, with the agitated lady. Yes. And it's like some basic bitch adult dancing. Um, really sad. Really sad. The straights are sad. Are the straights are okay? Um, and then this lady, Carrie Ann, hits her head like when, um, when she's like her, lifted up. Somebody by her picks boyfriend. her up. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, this happened to me as a kid. I'm fine. Oh no. Um, but <laughs> you hit the light. You hit the like light fixture. My uncle uh, is like six four, and oh. he threw me up in the air. And I hit the oh, ceiling. No. But oh my anyway, God. <laughs> I'm fine. Look at me now. But yes. so they. <laughs> so, <laughs> but the best part, right? The best part, though, is that after she hits the head, then you see them in the bunk beds first. You see um, Axel and Julie there. And then they start to hear this massive fucking fight. Fighting, I don't know. Yeah. If, have you been in this situation, Elliot? Not, I mean, not, it was such a violent so fight, much. but no, I, I don't, th- honestly, I don't, I'm luckily, luckily I can, I don't, I can say no, I've never been in that kind of, uh, um, you know, amid that yeah. kind of fighting, it's terrifying. If I hear a man yelling like that, and there's a woman in the room, I'd probably go in. Yeah. They were like cuddling, like she moved down to his bunk and they were like Oof. cuddling, listening to the fight. Yeah. And that was all dark to me. So yeah. yeah, doing nothing is really weird. I think, you know, even hearing it through an apartment door, I'd probably 
like fucking call somebody. Yes. But so this has happened. Um, and then Julie's like watching that couple the next day, like making up in that uh, gross way, you know, yeah. like every, it's okay. Like we'll never talk about it again, which is the opposite. <laughs> Of what yeah. you should do. Yeah, the polar opposite of how to deal with any conflict whatsoever. Pretend it never happened. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, no, talk about it so much until, you, you know, you don't have to talk about it again sometimes. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, the snake venom, you know, it's that analogy. Yeah. You got yeah. to suck it all out. Yeah. So this is this sort of sparks something in Julie, like some unhappiness. She The wheels... The wheels are turning, I would say, and I'm using that phrase purposefully because, again, I think it's a little bit of a male perspective, and I think that's a very common thing of, like, oh, that woman's thinking, and when women think, you know, she's, she's going to make a decision, and that's kind of what Axel says to her later. It's like, you're overthinking, you know. So then we, uh, we get to the second chapter, and it's cheating. Um, and so immediately, you know, I'm sitting and watching this with my, my boyfriend where we're, you know, primary partners in a, you know, poly, um, polyamorous relationship that doesn't have any constellations right now, but we're sitting there with openness to something other than what this, these people approach. So I just want to kind of like label that at the top because it's like the whole discussion um, of what is cheating, it happens in this chapter, and it's right. very, uh, it's very interesting the definition that they come up with. Come yeah, up with. no touching, <laughs> no touching at all. No um, touching. Yeah, I mean, imagine like the cuddle puddle. Oh my god! Uh, Western <laughs> Expo, you know, <laughs> just yeah. no touching though. It's very um, like nursery school. <laughs> We're just friends, yeah. So she's at this event with Axel, and we see that, you know, she's, like, kind of done with the schmooze. Mm -hmm. So she wants to leave, um, and uh, she goes and crashes this other party. She just walks right in. This is something I would never, no, <laughs> would never do. Yeah, because you're not the worst person in the world. <laughs> I am not the worst person in the world. Um, but, and I also don't drink, so right. <laughs> what am I doing there? Yeah. Um, fun anxiety experiment. So <laughs> this guy catches her eye there, um, and he doesn't catch mine, as I said before. Um, pretty basic, the best out of all of them, though, I guess, but, yeah, yeah. um, sure. Yeah, certainly uh, the, ni certainly the, the nicest. Sure. I I'm just kind of like, gain a hundred pounds, grow a beard, that I'm talking to you. That's, <laughs> I got bear mode, you know? Yeah. So, so it's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, this flirtation that starts to happen. Um, she, she clearly is somebody who doesn't want to be tempted at first, but then she likes the tease that she's doing with herself. So yeah. eventually they start talking and, there's like touching and then they're like, there's no, we can't touch because that would be cheating. And eventually they end up peeing in front of each other. Right. Um, like, you not, know. Yeah. It's, well, are they, they're not peeing in front of each other. She's peeing in front of him. Right. Well, he pees. First he pees. Uh, um, and I think they're hanging out sort of like in a bedroom that probably has a bathroom. Right. Uh, so they're like, pee goes into pee and she kind of takes a peek. 
Um, right. And then we cut to her sitting on the toilet, and then she pees, and then she farts. That is the dramatic, those are the dramatic beats of that coupling. Um, So that's, it's interesting just because it reminded me of a a gay date, of course, that I went on. We're walking around Manhattan Beach after going to a pizza place. He had to pee and we're (laughs) like, sort of like, just met that night, you know, just, just had met online and then went on the date. Um, and then he was like, is it okay if I pee? And then two seconds later, pss, wait, and uh, what, like first wait. date, first no, date, uh, where? in amidst the, um, like perpetually under construction houses in Manhattan beach, oh, you know, it's okay. like every three. So not a lot of people around and very dark, um, right. cause they don't have like street lights there. They rely on the house lights right um but so it's dark i'm taking a walk walk with this guy (laughs) i was kind of you know still like a little and then he yeah he said he had to pee but then he peed pretty pretty you know didn't really wait for the response and then as he was peeing he said you can take a look and i said no thank you yeah no Um, thank you that's when he stopped being interested in me and i could feel it yeah Um, but just I'm juxtaposing that just because, you know, the, here is a, a weird straight thing and they have all these roles sometimes. But there I am on this gay date. I think that a lot of people would have assumed that after that peeing, something else would have probably happened between me and sure. that guy. But sure. I was pretty weirded out because it's bodily. It's pee, Ooh, you know. That's a, that's, yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> so I don't like this is the, my long way of saying that. And then the fart, I do think, is about intimacy. Yeah, um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> very intimate. Excuse me. It's very intimate. It crosses the line, I think, actually. Oh, yeah. For them. Um, they didn't think to mention no farting. Right. Um, <laughs> so, so... Somehow that didn't make it into the, into the rule book. <laughs> it's so bizarre. So it's like my partner said to me, it's like they're edging on cheating. <laughs> exactly, yeah, that's a great right? way of putting it. And so... Uh, we enter this next chapter and it's like, or, or why did I, why did I write oral sex in the era of me too's? Is that what it's called? Oh God. I don't remember. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, 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 because that was her essay. Right. Okay. I was like, holy shit. Right. And my, and my boyfriend had to remind me that this was an essay because first I just thought it was smut. I missed right. the part where it was an essay because the translation, because of the subtitles. So I was like, "Oh, right. What are they? What is this commentary that's coming back about this piece?" You know, right, but, right. But you're right. She writes this article called "Oral Sex in the Era of Me Too's," um, which I've never thought about before. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> to, yeah. <laughs> in, partic- in particular, oral sex. Um, yeah. So she then starts to like kind of click, yeah, clickety clack on her computer. I'm writing this and. Uh, there's, you know, stuff about blowjobs and she, she's like, is this, is, what is, what do I say? Okay, here, sorry. Sometimes I have to stop and because the, the narrative itself is confusing. Yeah. Is Julie's birthday. Okay. So we learn, yes. so she writes this article and then it's her birthday and right. we learn that the Norwegian birthday song is super weird. Very uh, weird. Reveal for you. Oh, I, I was like, what, uh, what is this? But I, but at the same time, like, it's also sometimes very, it, I, I sort of 
get stopped in my tracks when adults, including myself, are like Ooh. happy to like yeah. another adult being like yeah. happy birth. It's the it's the most ch- like weirdly juvenile thing to do, and it right. we all do it. And but so I guess this wasn't that weird in comparison. But right, yeah, it was I, it was certainly an, a, a threw me off. I think I prefer it too. The birthday song is like not not no great tune. No, not <laughs> so a great totally tune. I topped this, um, but you know she goes to see. This is the the time that she goes to see her dad, and right. like his obvious new family. Her dad, there's so there's so many problems, but one is that he buys her for the birthday an identical jacket to his like. 15 year old daughter yeah so strange i don't know it's like a 90s like color patch like windbreaker yes that i'd wear weird (laughs) but yeah well yeah not bad (laughs) but like i actually i would have loved a more direct reaction shot from julie about this yeah but she's not she doesn't react like that's the thing like it's very it seems very maybe norwegian or or, uh, uh, um, it, it, you know, maybe it's a Scandinavian. I mean, I've been to like Iceland, so I know yeah. that, I know a tiny bit, but there is a sort of stoicism and uh, uh, quietness, yeah. sort of quietude to the personality where you don't reveal, every, you know, you don't reveal your emotions in a gregarious way. Right. Um, and so I think that was actually, for me at least, that was interesting as to why it made her quote unquote the worst person in the world because it's like, well, she just pursue pursues and reacts to things. Yeah. And that seems pretty, you know, uh counteractive to what everybody else thinks one should do there, it seems like. Totally. She's the re- she's a re- the receptor. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of like your fault when yes. <laughs> When things go, when things re, re you know, when, when anything happens as a, re, as a result of stimulus. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. The chain reaction. And then you get, then you get Julie. So, yeah. so she has this, um, tragic windbreaker and she, this is like such a sad conversation with a boomer about like an email, but you can tell even though maybe there's some technological confusion that that is not the reason that he could not open no. this fucking email. No. He has no interest in her or her life. Right, right. And it's super sad. Is that, is that, was that her mother who was there? Or is who, that their stepmom? I would guess that it would be the stepmom, right? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I think I mistook her for the for the her mom, but yeah, that she makes just drive bys, you know, pops yeah. in. It's not her yeah. daughter, it's like right? Whatever. Right. The person we all treat like shit. Um, the yeah. you know the the stepsister seems okay, but she's a teen, yes. you know, and we just get the idea from her her soccer bag or whatever, her gear that she's just she's doing her thing treated differently too, probably. Yeah. You know, he might go yeah. to a few of those games. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah. Jeez. We just get the idea it's not that great. Right. Um but then Julie runs into um blah guy, I said because I didn't catch his name at first, but right. Avind. Um Avid Avid's, yeah. We (laughs) whatever that guy's name is. And they he's like, um, I don't know what you're thinking, but I think about you. And she, you know, he it's this whole thing where they know that they're gonna kinda like push play on this. Um, and she's 
she's sort of at her apartment. Here's one of the strong filmic choices um, where Axel is pouring her a cup of coffee and she just hightails it out of there. She runs. We have the tracking shot from the preview. Um, and then, you know, she is able to spend this entire day. She runs to the coffee shop, which, you know, she didn't need coffee, right? Right. Um, but she runs to the coffee shop and then it has this date with him. Um, some like touching, kissing, that kind of thing. Um, sure. She cheats. <laughs> she, she straight yeah. up cheats this time. Um, and then, you know, she's able to make it back to Axel um, before the end of this coffee pour, inferring that, you know, they they go along in their life for a little while like this, and he doesn't know, but she starts this relationship. Um, and so once he turns to her, she says... Yeah, it's over. Um. Yeah, it does. I mean, I could see why he's like, uh, what? Like, it really, yeah. for him, comes out of nowhere. But, you know, I would have to think, like, so he had no idea, like, yeah, no, no idea. But, I mean, I don't know. I mean, they show us a scene. I forget if they're in, I forget what it was. But, like, you know, they're sort of in their rhythm. And so mm. it's understandable that he's like, oh, you what? <laughs> um yeah. But you it's know, his they, personality, right? Yes, of course. He's like self, <laughs> he's self uh, he's involved. Yeah, he doesn't seem to um, ever have taken into account other factors. It's just the factors he sees. So right there, um, he is not ever reliable to kind of like have this emotional conversation. But what ends up happening is like, you know, first he says like, kind of just don't even know what you're saying you don't really want that etc etc and then they have like a long like breakup day this is very lesbianic um just like hanging out they end up having sex um but it's still the breakup is still happening um and he says you're gonna regret this and she says yeah i I'm pretty sure I am going to mm -hmm. um so I never have I ever broke you know had a breakup where i was like i shouldn't be doing this you know yeah leaving <laughs> leaving leaving him for the other guy yeah yeah and i think you know she had she had some i don't know arrested development stunted growth um kind of stuff and i mean i i can totally get that you're not using partners to grow but you need to go through some partners sometimes to you know, really have Saturn return. Out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so now, you know, we start a new chapter and her and Eivind are, um, they're, live, they're, you know, they get together, living together, they have good sex. Um, and we see, like, I guess a connection. I'm not compelled by anybody's real connection here, but I guess I see passion um, yeah. here. Yeah, sure. That, yeah. Why not? It's yeah. libido, too. Like, how old are these people? You know, right. They're, right. Or he's her age, probably a little bit, you know, younger than Axel, who they keep calling an old man and, right. you know, yeah. does not look it. How um, much, yeah. How much older is he supposed to be than her? Axel? Yeah. Axel says at one point that he's like 45. Oh, yeah. He doesn't look it. He does. He's an honor. Oh. Yeah. yeah, so it's yeah. just like aging strangely, but right. I think you know he that he's old enough that 
you know, he's just getting to the point of being like, do I want to chase small kids around? Right. If I'm going to be older in 10 years, etc. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm guessing this guy is like more her age. They're, they do magic mushrooms with like, he's growing out of that magic mushrooms phase yeah. as indicated by his stash not being used. Like, have you ever right. bought anything like that and been like, you know what? I'm going to put this away for a rainy day. Um, yeah. usually you buy and use that kind of thing, but he has a giant bag of mushrooms and like Julie wants to do them. The friends want to do them. And so this is when we get the hallucination right. of Julie's, um, like the two two iconic things for me happen here: the fat old old lady, her fat um, suit, prosthetic suit, so bizarre. Why? And then it, they did that in Twilight too. Remember? Oh God, no, um, I never saw that. <laughs> It's trash. Um, oh, wow. But you heard it here first. They did it on um, Friends. <laughs> they did it on Friends. Oh, no. They did it on... Oh, yeah, you're right, with yeah. Monica. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so, like, an old fat suit, and then uh, she smears period blood, because she right. hallucinates that, like, she pulls a uh, tampon out of her vagina and, in front of her father. Yes. Nope. Um, it's her father who turns into a a cartoon from yeah her ex's comic book and then his butthole (laughs) exits his body yeah exits his body yeah um graphic uh a little bit but also kind of cute so pretty cute (laughs) so we see that she's like on this like mondo trip and she has smeared this period blood uh like eye black Mm-hmm. Um, under her eyes, so strange. Um, and just like among other things, just like yeah. unsanitary and just not gross. not safe. Not yeah, um, not, not safe. <laughs> no, this did not tickle me as a baseball fan. I was like, no. Ew. um. But Julie is then, uh, you know, she 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 like uh, Avid can, comes home and is like, you might want to take a fucking shower. Yeah, um, which we've all we've all been there. <laughs> Yeah, um, you stig. So Julie is then uh, running in the gym, and I noted here like her hair looked different to me here too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tying it back I think was purposeful. Um, just like an old, like increasing age. Don't have time. Don't want to look as pretty. Just like yeah. getting things done. Um, and so she sees on the TV, uh, Axel calling a jur- journalist a hora. Um, which Norwegian, uh, all of these languages, you know, end is slotta. Um, right. So it's uh, just iconic, like what this, <laughs> what this language sounds like. But he gets into a fight with two female co-hosts that are trying to make some pretty, you know, uh, some points about how his work lives in the modern world as it is right. being released as a movie. Right. Legit. Yeah, legit. <laughs> I mean, he's he's clearly like a intellectual but i he's not really a libertarian i guess he's just right or, or would you say he's more libertarian or con- contrarian to make to like put him oh just as a person just as um, a person i would say yeah he's maybe a contrarian who has made his lib living um from that which is always particularly dangerous and right. has like the mindset of being like oh if you're uncomfortable then that it worked that's your that's fault the yeah. point or whatever right yeah. right, right right i don't Triggering. really like that kind of stuff um yeah. very much you know uh yeah. 
But in that sort of like, yeah, the difference between a Dan Klaus uh, Dick comic and a Dan Klaus Ghost World comic, where he's really right. talk about female issues that I love. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. So it's it's we can kind of get the the sense that this person's digging in, but in the very next scene, we see why that might be. Um, when Julie runs into the old, an old boring friend from this kid weekend, um, the partner of uh, Carianne, who says that Axel has cancer. And right. it's, it is unequivocally incurable. Yeah. Um, he's not in a lot of pain, though, Elliot. He's... Yeah, he's okay. <laughs> But it's, it, but it is it's pancre- pancreatic okay so that i did i think i was thinking about that and i might have yeah. like i thought maybe i implanted that because i don't know if you remember in like royal tenenbaums you've you seen that movie when they talk yeah. they talk about he's faking stomach cancer and right. you know danny glover is like you don't eat three cheeseburgers a day when you have it <laughs> so right. you know it, it's this kind of thing where i'm like at first i was like does he though? <laughs> Does he have cancer? Right. Or is he faking it for attention, just like a, a cis man? <laughs> as he, yeah, as one might. <laughs> so I felt fully vilified him, but um, so she see she, she hears this, and you could tell that Julie cares. She is the worst person in the world, but he was pretty bad too. So maybe she's like, you know, <laughs> I get that's it. home. <laughs> But I get it because it's like, whoa, it hits her that, you know, her ex-boyfriend, someone she cared about, even if they had, you know, even if things ended on a sour note as they are, you know, likely to do. It's like, oh, like that suddenly it's like if whether or not she makes it about herself, it's like her life then gets put into perspective and her mortality gets put into perspective. Yes. And so initially I was like, oh, I wonder if she's reacting to like his illness and his like his incurable cancer or that right. that it's like the end of the knowledge that this partner is going to die. Like, and that's, mm-hmm. that's a mind fuck. And he valued her and wanted her back. So yeah, he did. He still has value to her as well. Um, yeah. Never is your mortality more clear than like hearing that somebody died that you like boffed. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like That's so like, weird. wait, what? Yeah, I could be so next. Weird. Yeah, so, right, so you know, <laughs> it is really like a very odd thing. Um, and it reminds us, yeah, that these connections can even be fleeting if we don't hold on to them. If we don't have people in our lives every day, you know, we all have friends that it's like, oh shit, you know, like we want to keep that up because what if, you know, that was the last time we talked? We don't want to do course. this every five years. But, so, you know, but who would, but you don't no. like, you don't really <laughs> think that way. Right. You know, until someone passes sometimes. Right, right. So it's like her getting this, you know, warning. It's of course, I, I just, I just, it seemed to me, it felt like a very real moment, you know, totally. not, not, not that the rest of the film feels like fantasy, but like I could, maybe it was just well acted, but I was like, oh yes, of course. It just puts everything into perspective. Yeah. She's this performance. I think, you know, we, we could say is very good. Um, the restraint. Yeah. You know, oftentimes you're telling actors to just do less because yeah. there's so much, you know, character miming happening on the screen. Yeah. yeah. And she's literally just like, everything hits her. She, yeah. Th- this film takes the longest moments, too. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it, she, again, she's like, she's maybe that's what makes her different, quote unquote, mm-hmm. or like the worst person, quote unquote. But it's like, 
she responded she responded real time emotionally to things in a way that i think perhaps you know i'm just i'm i'm, I'm just like talking on my ass here but i think that, that maybe it's like the norwegian scandinavian vibe that she just differentiates from because she has yeah. more of a i don't know an american reaction to things where it's like you know like they like we're like babies we're like no i you know i want i, I yeah. want this or i am mad or right. you know she's she's she has these responses and it's it's sets her apart a little bit yeah she's definitely like when we we're talking about the dad i thought you know she's actually elevated her emotional um I don't know, not prowess, but availability. Yes. Um, overextended it to what what her dad was, which was zero. So it was yeah, really, zero, absolutely really zero. Far. So um, this is when shit is shit is getting tricky here now. Um, Avid uh, finds this story, the the article um, that Julie had, you know, run past Ax- Axel before, and Axel had said like, "It's good." But uh, I don't agree with all of it. No, that oh, scene. I don't think is that what he's is that what he said? I thought he says it's good. Sorry, am I? I don't mean to interrupt. Axel you. said that. I was saying oh, I was gonna yes, just. I yes, was just comparing sorry. in comparison with Axel, which I kind of glossed over because he see. said he said you know yeah I I don't agree with with all of this. We can probably draw a through line to his conversation with those journalists. But yeah, right. you're right. Aavid Aavind says. Uh, I like it. He doesn't say it made him horny, which was something Axel said, right? Oh yeah, it no. Didn't make him. <laughs> what did he say? What What did she say? I I. He doesn't say He's... I. I no. He says I. I like it. He doesn't. Does he say I approve? No, that's a. No, He's... he doesn't say I approve. He, he just, just shows, shows like I like a very it. basic enthusiasm for it, which sets her off. Yeah, and she then gets into something which is like. If you say to your partner, you will break up eventually. It doesn't matter when, but she disses yeah. his job as a barista. So fucking uncool. I oh, think that so is mean. just trash. Um, and I had been on the fence of her being the worst person in the world, but here's like where she gets like my vote. Well, we know um, that. I mean, so we understand <laughs> in this moment that she's so like shaken by um, Axel's prognosis that it's clearly bled into this conversation with Avid. But yeah. I was like, but, e- but even that, it was like, oh my God, like like her turn is so intense that he's just showing a, you know, he's very like basic and warm and whatever, very, you know, a, a, like, a, like, a, like a golden retriever. Yeah. Ultimately, like she's so mean to, like she doesn't just have like a, a, a turn, or she doesn't just have like a, 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 sm- a reaction where she's like, you know, just um, like uh, turned off by his sort of blah reaction to her essay or perfectly mm-hmm. polite, but she says like the meanest possible thing to him. It's so mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe it's... you're right. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. We've come full circle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's, I think as a viewer though, we're, we're looking at these two people and just going, I just, in many ways, it's starting to disconnect. It's starting yes. to show in sharp relief why they're different, even though they've they've been kind of like happy in the bliss of being people who don't want kids. Right, right. Very they, basic. They, they like their time together and, you know, that's pretty much it. That's great. But then, of course, this is where we're leading into this pregnancy scare. 
Yeah. Um, so I guess uh, she finds out she's pregnant and that sort of is really the last um, thing that she needs to spur her to go to see Axel in the hospital. Right. Um, he's sort of just dying and looking back on life. And Julie's like, I wish I had a comic book legacy, you know? <laughs> um, at least you have that. Um, this movie could definitely be solved a lot by just the concept of throupling um, here because it really starts to be, it was this or it was that. And in their big life things, you know, it was no kids or yes kids, this person or that person. Um, and so she, she asks him, um, you know, am I going to be a good mom? Which is something that he said to her a bunch of times. Right. It's that's creepy. Uh, <laughs> right. I don't, I don't, I'm like, what, what, why are you, you asking him? A good mom. Um, it, it, just the fact that he used to say it to her too. I do not like. Yeah. Um, and then she says, yeah, well, that's the reason I'm saying this is cause I'm pregnant. Um, he sort of gives her a pep talk, which is pretty good. Um, yeah. but then we find them in like a cuddle. Um, and he says, he asks her about, like, did you meet him before we broke up? She says yes. Um, he tries to, like, read her for not being happy about the, <laughs> the baby and that being yeah. indicative of the unhappiness in the relationship, which, like, who asked? You. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then Axel tells her that she was the love of his life. Right. And a damn good person. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Such a good, good. Which is and, so, it's like, what? Are you sure? Like from his perspective. Yeah. That's, that, that caught me off guard because I was like, what are you talking about? I just don't get it because I do think it could be from his perspective, but he never shows that he grew from the journalist interaction. Like he doesn't show that he's leaving life a little elevated. So yeah, I right. call bullshit on this. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then J uh, Julie reveals the pregnancy to Avid, who like doesn't really say much, but we kind of can tell just like from his face that it's just everything will be okay. He's not a yeah. dick, but he does not want this baby with right. her. Right. So um, then we're going around. Uh, Axel, you know, looks like shit, uh, looks looks about to die. And we're going around to all these old haunts. Um, this is not what I want to do <laughs> right yeah. before I kick it. Tour. I'm pretty sure I'm just going to be going to as many Red Sox games as possible and be like, Love it. that's my seat. Um, so <laughs> every day. So, you know, going around to these games, talking about, like waxing poetic on like his inspiration for his art and all this stuff. It's like, oh man, we're all dust like after yeah. this shit. Um, and then, you know, she's she gets uh, a message that he's about to die and she's just like in a really bad way. She's still pregnant and we see her smoking a bunch, which it's 2021, um, not 1965. So right. that was like a, a little bit disturbing. Wild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, why? A little mad um, Yeah, I don't know if it encourages like a miscarriage too, but it's definitely not nice to not the baby. Not great. Yeah, not very so, nice. Not great. Um, so then next we see, you know, that she loses the baby finally and mm -hmm. she's not unhappy about it. She's kind of no. like, bing, 
you know, this would be, this is great. I love being untethered. Right. Um, <laughs> and the next time we see her, she's working what looks to me like BTS photography that yeah. also doubles as like set photography because she went and took an in-character photo so it wasn't just like bts like on a, on a movie set on a movie yeah exactly very i mean there was no did i miss something that there was no indication at any point in the movie that she's a photographer right i thought she mentioned photography to one of the boyfriends once as a possible career but then i was oh. surprised when they mentioned writing again because i was like what happened to the photography but right i think she might have mentioned it once like i can hold okay. a camera style i missed but, it but <laughs> yeah she definitely missed it surprise elliot julie yeah. can hold a camera and she's <laughs> yeah so she's in this new haircut um yep. new uh, I like new, the haircut. I like the haircut. I think she's growing towards great haircuts, greater yes. and greater haircuts. Um and so she's doing this BTS photography and out of the window she sees Avid with someone else um and a baby. Is it Oh yeah, it Oh yeah, she sees the It's the second boyfriend who definitely didn't want kids. It's the actress that she just photographed. She, it is. Yeah. It's really? The she was just Whoa. photographing in a vulnerable moment, leaving and joining her husband and kids, and it's Avid. I didn't That's know that. She's like, Whoa. Team. Yeah. I guess it's a. Are they small countries? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> in terms of people? <laughs> it'd be. Um, yeah. There's just turn around. There's your next boyfriend. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're sort of left with this new haircut. Who's the next one going to be? I'm just going to go ahead and say it's going to be. Hopefully queer. Anything's possible <laughs> with Julie. I hope so. Um, so we did a lot of great discussion um, during that synopsis, but I want to just make sure we uh, extrapolate on a few important parts here. Um, the thing I said at the top, you know, straight people. Um, this is a movie that doesn't, like... This is, is this the movie that those conservative people want where there's like no mention of any homosexual? <laughs> I don't think wokeness. there's a person of, no, not a single person of color. Uh, it's, you know, there's drugs are bad, the bad thing, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 uh, I don't know. I didn't, I guess I didn't go into it thinking that it would be indicative of anything but a very traditional heteronormative story. Um, you know, I figured, oh, that'll be interesting to look through like a, queer lens at this but yeah i don't think any part of it struck me as remotely queer she she's mm -hmm. pretty, she has a pretty pretty traditional trajectory that happens to be like well she's 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 flawed in a lot of ways but you know it's not such a far cry from reality mm -hmm. um but yeah it's, it's just kind of another one of those it's a well-done movie but it certainly to me wasn't like breaking the mold in any way and i still don't I still don't think she's the worst person in the world. I think she's just very self uh, self motivated in, in in a well, maybe not. That's the, not the right term. She's not selfish, but she's just very um, independent minded mm -hmm. and doesn't really let other people dictate what she does. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, is I guess what makes her interesting—not right I, or wrong or good or bad, yeah. just interesting. 
I think, you know, just comparing her with Axel, you know, you see both of them are following their own star. Yeah. But but for him, he's the man and he wants things to fall into, you know, a tradition corroborated system. Right. Um, Even as he's, you know, sticking it to, you know, people with the buttholes stuff. Yeah. You know, he's still like, yeah, but a wife and a couple babies and et cetera, et cetera. She's perfect. She has a wayward career track. <laughs> right. She's she's she she could use this. Right, exactly. She he, could benefit. He has that slant. She could yeah. use this. She could benefit. She needs a place to live. Right. Um is is one of the reasons he tries to argue that she shouldn't break up with him. Which right. I, I've stayed in a relationship for that. It is the worst reason to stay because you are actually physically with that person. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I don't, I'm like, okay, that doesn't seem fun, but okay. Yeah, it's it doesn't seem good, but she does, you know, have her, she has a good personal compass um, mm-hmm. in, in, in doing what she wants to do. So I do think the movie uses that to talk about gender and how society just grates on this natural, I want to follow this course. Um, And men typically are taught what that course is, um, is what Axel wanted, um, what even you could say Aavid eventually wanted. But it doesn't, it it cuts out typically, you know, a, a large part of, career making time for women and self-discovery time, which I think is what she really talks about and is more of a thing to her rather than a job. Right. Um, But I think it it really means, you know, that she is a new modern woman who, while falling into this a lot, falling into the the part so, so much, um, never mentally really she always is like looking out of the corner of her eye to start the next chapter you know right so. right yeah she's she's yeah there's a i mean there's she's rebellious in that sense i guess but mm-hmm. honestly in, in the most like benign <laughs> right the most like like to me like it was an interesting movie but i don't think much happened and i usually right. like movies where not much happens like mm-hmm. i like tension that comes from a, a small quote-unquote small story yeah um, and this was that, but it didn't, I just, I don't know. I, I just didn't really get what all the hoopla was about. Yeah, I think, you know, for comparison, like the Mrs. Doubtfire synopsis is like three pages long from our first <laughs> right. episode. And this one was like, like nearly a page. Like, right, so right. But sometimes it's... that works. Like sometimes it <laughs> oh, I works think so. like, as a writer. It's like, as a screenwriter, it's like the, you know, a big, uh, rule i guess or guiding principle is like every scene has a beginning middle and end you know Mm -hmm. like but you can tell big stories with you almost want to tell bigger stories with less words with less spoon feeding right and in this like there were less words but (laughs) the meal wasn't that satisfying exactly no i think you're you're exactly right especially with like a fantasy mad max is like a perfect example that i always allude to you know, you can tell that story in like five sentences. Yes. Um, and that's the way it should be very linear, you know, yes. very straightforward. So yeah, I appreciate that about this. And what that allowed is a lot of uh, emotional layering. Yeah. But so, yeah, still like that. <laughs> it was still just like, it was still just, I don't know, to me, it wasn't super satisfying. It was like, all right, I get the yeah. story, but I never need to watch it again. And oh, that's true. It was very long. It was I mean, very I'm long, but it, but it was very long. 
<laughs> yeah, you know, you want to get to the end. You want to see, you want to eat the cake and everything. But sometimes yeah. these these movies want you to learn the lesson. I yeah. thought about everything. Thank mm-hmm. you. You know, yes. so, um, so yeah, sometimes that's tough. Um, yeah, and I think also uh, just the, the idea of um, this being a story that it doesn't go out of its way to feature queerness, but I um, think, you know, thinking about it from a queer perspective, and I've never not had a queer thought, you know, never not had a queer perspective. So we're just made that way. So yeah. it's kind of like feels like, okay, well, where was her like questioning moment? Um, mm-hmm. And I think I have ne- like, I'm a trans person too. So there's complication in there. But the mo- the complication of like, do I like women was extremely fleeting. Yeah. You know, so I can I can understand like sometimes, you know, sexuality is just like that. Um, so I don't think she ever thinks about it, you know, in that terms. But she is somebody that I could see being such a kind of like whatever, do whatever yeah. that she, she has a crazy it. night. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think so, too. But it just didn't. I guess I was almost surp- I didn't think this until we started talking about it, but I'm almost surprised that she didn't. um dabble in any way with a non like a like a like a non-cis guy true well i mean that that elliot you know has yeah. to do with this is 2021 made in 2020 yeah um if you go back and look at every single film you could find on imdb i think you'd be able to count the trans men and them on one hand yeah um, of course. and that's just facts so i think that's probably and we talk about that like in my writing circles we talk about the fact that we're not part of the american imagination or even the world imagination yet so that's to that to me is like yeah absolutely to me she would have not known that at first and then found out i think this makes me interesting um and probably pursued a relationship but i do not see that coming into the mind of the writer and director no but i also i mean maybe i take this i guess uh, i take more of a uh i don't know i don't know what the right what the right word to describe it is but like i find characters who are queer most exciting when it's they're not defined by it or or, or mm. like if it were just circumstantial and mm-hmm. there's no need to point a finger and somebody just is you know yeah. I, I, I listen i i completely understand the argument for representation especially like of, of course like trans people have barely just entered the you know narrative universe in that way mm-hmm. but um but there's always just something powerful to like even like is it hari Hari Neff, Hari Neff. Yeah. yeah, and Barbie. Nobody Is that knew right? and Barbie. Yeah, yeah Hari Neff's in Barbie and was not cast for being trans. No, and I and I even like uh, Shakina Nafak. Yes, uh, who was it? Like she is so funny on difficult people, mm-hmm. like a nine eleven truth. Like to me, that is so <laughs> interesting because you're there's something to me at least in my opinion like quietly revolutionary about just existing being weird or even potentially the worst quote unquote the the you know the the worst person in the world and mm-hmm. being queer or trans or a- anything that's not just cis white hetero you know just yes. existing in that space 
I think can change someone's mind or perspective, or at least ingratiate them to the idea of that rather than making it a, a like a, a lesson. Mm -hmm. And so I think it would have been cool if she just did experiment or, or, or even better, like just one of her partners happened to be trans or a woman yeah. or, you know, something, something other than a, a straight white guy. But mm -hmm. at the same time, like, I think I would have found it annoying if they made it like she's, she's learning a lesson or she's like, if they tried to make it um, precious, mm -hmm. not the, not the movie, the, the point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right. Um, <laughs> a book by Sapphire. Um, I think though that also she, if you made that switch, like with someone like Avid, then there's a lot of things that that does affect, i.e. if she's only ever had sex with cis men, then that passion, that sex, there is a different slant to it. There's yeah. a learning, as you said, experiment, which is a tricky word, you know, of in course. the community. Um, but this kind of person um, could be, could have a, a slight chaser vibe. Ch chaser and transamorous, the, the, the line is so thin, you know. Mm. Um, I, I appreciate, you know, one and then the other makes you feel icky. Um, but I think for her, you know, it would have, like, just think about the line, you know, you're only a barista. Yeah. Think about that being, you know, maybe what she would say in a trans situation. I don't think it's negligible that this character might, you know, say something that is true for her that would be really mm -hmm. hurtful. Yeah. However, your, your point is well taken. Um, I, I do think we need both. Um, Jen Richard says this wonderfully in Disclosure that if there was more representation, we wouldn't nitpick and go into every single film yes. and talk about it. Of course. <laughs> so, <clears throat> but at the same time, you know, you want um, that story to not... Um, not dismiss the identity of the person. I was filming um, my short Spookable in February with Alexandra Gray, and there's a sheriff character. So there's this black trans woman and a sheriff alone at night um, in, a, in a tense situation. And she's like, I think I should probably say, fuck you, you little like blue line motherfucker. And she says that in the film because, yeah, um, I didn't write that as a white writer, but I totally see that. So we kind of like, we want to live in that. But sometimes you're on there, you've cast the people um, in the roles and then you realize, oh, yeah, this situation can't live without this element of reality. Um, there's, a, there's a show, this like very weird show that... I don't think anybody watched except me and my friend, but it was on, I think IFC. No, yeah, God, I don't even remember. It was on years ago. It was a reality show, but I guess you might call it like a docu-series, you know, it was just a little more evolved than a, re a like a shoddy reality show. Mm -hmm. It was the strangest show about this small, like uh, uh, security firm, like uh, a security firm in like rural Georgia was called uh, Small Town Security. More. Just this, just this very strange, really funny, charming show that was essentially a workplace comedy, but involved mm -hmm. animation. And it was really, really well done. And one of the, mm -hmm. one of the uh, characters on it, it, they're all real people. And one of them, they do a slow reveal that he is a trans man. 
Mm -hmm. But that takes up, I would say, 50, maybe half, maybe less than half of his sort of Mm storyline. So it's never um, swept over. It's treated realistically and with respect, even in terms of like, when things go wrong and people misgender him or or mm-hmm. try to like make make it into a joke of some kind so it's very dynamic it's a fully like real dynamic and understandable and you know accessible story and way to mm-hmm. way, way to see this character um and to me it's like oh I, I i that's what i found so interesting about it it was like subversive while also not well also like you say like to towing the line and getting to do both of those things be representation while also being just an interesting person to watch who's a security guard for hire right i mean we we find it hard as writers to like shoehorn in everything that is just like on a list yeah um and and it's a challenge to also be representatives of communities yeah um you know to be like and this will echo you know or this will affect um something so yeah definitely i'll i'll check that show out too because it's you know we don't that's the thing is that like something like that it probably didn't get a huge amount of press no it didn't because it's so well done, but um, yeah, I think I think we do toe the line, and in in films where we don't see anything at all, I think it, there is something good, you know, about us going, hey, wait, this doesn't have any gay people in it, you know. I would rather be on that side of things than yeah. um, the other. I understand. Sides. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense for sure, for sure. But it's so um, cool that like, it's just cool. It is cool that Hari Neff is in like the biggest movie of all time i guess at this point you know one of the biggest yeah. money makers in history and doesn't it's not that they that she, it's i don't know if it's she or they or she, I, think I think she but she doesn't she and the filmmakers don't feel a need to make a point of it but i don't but in a way that i doesn't seem to take away from her existence mm. again in my opinion and and it's i i hope that at best it's just like you know, she's just existing as a trans actress in Barbie. And mm. if, you know, if somebody learned that and was like, oh, cool. Like, you know, I think the normal, res- the, the healthy response is like, oh, that's cool. Like, okay, yeah. I didn't know. And that is cool. And that, you know, changes the, ch- doesn't necessarily change the way I think about her or the movie, but it changes, mm-hmm. it, it, ex- it, ex- it exposes more representation, which ultimately I think is the goal. But of course it's it's a multifaceted issue because you you don't want it to just be about you don't want it just to be about blending in. You want to yeah. also make a point of being accepted and and in- included. So it's it's multifaceted. Yeah, I, I that is a great example. Um I think what is very interesting about that is that it's a David Heyman produced film and he says he didn't know um oh you know, is that about, right so he said that um and i don't know if you know the name david Heyman, but I don't. he is the the guy that produced all eight of the first harry potter films as well as oh. all of the fantastic beasts films that are coming out so to me i see the balance here too because here you have david Heyman, who is actively in the business of jk rowling which is um the words of wb we 
are in the business of J.K. Rowling. So it's just funny to me that he's still turning money for her, but he's he slipped and fell into casting a great talent because he didn't know. Um, I don't think he's a turf. I don't think he's anti-trans, but I do point that out because that's real money. Um, but that said, Barbie has made one point something billion dollars and all yeah. those Fantastic Beast movies together have made like about five bucks. So yeah. um, they're not <laughs> popular. It's these new, it's it's her, t you know, t like turning money. Oh, it's J.K. Rowling. It is her, it, oh, it's okay. a spinoff series that does come out and has um, Zoe Kravitz um, in it. You know, people are in this thing. Huh. Um, so, it, yeah, Eddie uh, Redmayne right. um, is the star of that. So it's not like a negligible series. It's just a bomb that trans people like to watch go, you know, um, but. It's so weird. I mean, look, it's my, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm not trans and I could never, you know, put myself in the shoes of someone who is, but of course I have as a queer person, I have nothing sure. but empathy and, 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 you know, acceptance and, and warmth for, for that. And I still, I'm like, what? My, my response to like the J.K. Rowlings of the world or the Roy's and Murphy's is like, <laughs> what? Like, just be, just be quiet. Like, yeah. you don't have to, you don't have to say anything. Like, truly, if you have those feelings, it's gross. I don't agree with you. Yeah. It's demeaning. But ultimately, just sit down and be quiet. Like, just sit and do your Scrooge, do a Scrooge McDuck dive into your piles of right. money <laughs> and be quiet. Like, what are you doing? Why? I, do, I still can't believe anybody goes out of their way to voice concern about some. It just, I don't see how it touches them. I don't see how it affects them, how it threatens their existences. When the opposite is completely true for trans people, their right. lives are threatened, their, their existences are threatened. So instead of like heaping on to the pressure, you can also choose to just be quiet and keep your opinions to yourself. It's the, it is the oddest thing that I feel like, I don't know if that would have happened 10, 15 years ago. Maybe it's right. social oh, no. yeah, personalities, <laughs> have changed, but it's like, what, no. what, what emancipated you to be like, I have to say something, Royzen Murphy, yeah. like, what are you doing? Yeah. Hey, sh just make your music. Like, yeah. you don't have to, you, you just turned off, I guess, almost all of your queer base. Like what a week, these are the weirdest choices yeah. I, I could have possibly imagined. I mean, I do think there's brainwashing and I do think the propaganda has worked um, because you see it extend to people like Buck Angel in our own community who have become terps. So that it's it's a dark it's a dark thing. But like, I like that you're just like, fuck you. Um, that is I that, just, you I, know, I just I just don't get I genuinely <laughs> I, I genuinely like don't understand in the world. Well, I guess I do now. It's like. Social media and comments in the comments section has emboldened everyone to think that their opinion is not just as valid as the next person's, but it Ooh. needs to be heard. Everyone yeah. needs to voice their opinions. And I think for me, it's like, I guess I could deal with that. But when it becomes a matter of voicing an opinion that actually hurts or has the ability to hurt other people. Yeah, I'm 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 baffled. I'm, I'm baffled by it. I, I don't know who I don't know who J.K. Rowling or. Roy's and Murphy is protecting that. That's what weirds me out. Yeah, don't be trans if you yeah, don't so want to be weird. trans. Yeah. Uh, don't marry a gay person. We don't have, have an abortion if you don't the, want yeah. to. Like, exactly. you're, that's fine. You don't have to do anything. But like, right. leave, why are you obsessed with people? Leave, 
why are you obsessed? Why are you obsessed? Get a life. <laughs> it's a, I think something just got lost in the translation, you know? Yeah. They had some very simple rules, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and even as a Catholic kid growing up pretty religiously, um, my father's like now an ordained deacon, you know? He's still like, yeah, both my kids are queer. <laughs> and like, wow. real people are real people. Yeah. Um, and just, love just, is love. Right. So um, it's very simple to us. I think people are confused. <laughs> Generally, I, I talk about people as being confused. Yeah. Um, and that helps me actually deal with them to be like, oh, no, they're confused. You know, that's yeah. so sad. <laughs> but, um... they're, they're confused. <laughs> and also, I just, they don't have a, it's like confusion combined with a need to proclaim. And I don't know why one has to, I don't know why you can't, you can't do one without the other. Just, just be confused and learn yeah. or don't learn. But like, Leave everybody else. Leave them alone. Go yeah. away. <laughs> leave trans yeah. people alone. What are leave you Brittany doing? Alone. Yeah. Leave her alone. <laughs> leave so weird to alone. me. <laughs> Truly, that's my attitude. Leave everybody alone. Be quiet. Yeah. Just be yeah. quiet. Yeah, because the services you're they're trying to get, you know, you're blocking people oh from. Oh my god! It's yeah. So weird to me. It's so strange, and it leads to actual death. And yeah, there, we're in a dark time, but hopefully, like we can just kind of punch it in the face and get get this gone. Um, yeah. We've been, we've had more representation than ever before. That's what people are responding to. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it also, like, our films are getting even better about yeah. this subject matter. So that will help people to see because we were really stuck, you know, in certain narratives. Um, and now it's like, okay, but what if they were also a vampire? You yeah, know? I think, so. I mean, honestly, I feel like the younger the younger people are... I mean, this is not, this is, I'm not saying anything, you know, groundbreaking here, but it does <laughs> right. feel like the younger people are, the more either exposed or empathetic they are to like the diversity of life experience. And yeah. that includes gender. And it's like, that. that's that's very promising to me. It's just these older people who have these, who are so threatened by it. They're just so threatened by it. It's so strange. Boys are boys and girls are girls. And it's it's like, just like, okay. What's like, wrong with you? Good for you. I mean, great. Okay. Like that's, for, that's for you. Yeah. But leave, I leave mean, other people alone. That's, that's yeah. like, that's the point. It's like, just leave other people alone. Let them yeah. live their lives. Yeah. I think the innocence of children is brought in a lot here. We're seeing and everything. I, so it's kind of just like, you know what? Like. For every straight kid, there's a fucking, there's a queer kid. I don't think it's yeah. 2% is trans. I think it's like 20%. I think everybody's like a little trans. How could yeah. we not be, you know? Well, it's also, it's also, <laughs> I think that is to me part of it too. It is very weird to me that people are taking on this crusade of saving the children. It's like from, from whom, yeah. the, like teachers aren't group, like all this nonsense that's been stirred up about like queer people and trans people this rhetoric is so i initially brushed it off at first because i was like people will see right through this this is like old yeah. school anita bryant bullshit mm -hmm. and to see people like latch onto it and even give that anybody would give i know i'm veering i don't want to veer off i'm just that's saying, okay I, we'll I, do the game after to shake no 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 <laughs> i'm just like even still the dylan mulvaney thing i was like yeah. I, I genuinely didn't understand i was like there is it doesn't make sense logically to me that anybody would would have a reaction in any way or another to dylan mulvaney getting a can of beer 
like a like a sponsored like like it's yeah. it's nothing to me it's like it's it's content she's fine yeah. like there's nothing to it and the fact that people respond in such a strong emboldened way that is so violent and so mean and drives so much conversation is upsetting but i do think that younger people will clear that clear that path and continue to clear that path mm. i'm just like what like kid rock be quiet what are you doing <laughs> sit down Shh. you know be quiet leave her alone nothing happened yeah nothing yeah. happened yeah it's it, it's unhinged though and we kind of at least get to be like that's so obviously insane um yeah. and it reminds me like of what leads to a lot of violence, mm -hmm. you know, just this sort of spark of whatever, whenever Kid Rock's dad or whoever said, don't be a faggot, you know, yeah. whatever that was. And then, you know, also whenever I read an article about Kid Rock, they usually mention that he is insanely successful monetarily. Yeah, he is not, rich. he's a Nepo baby. Yeah. But he's, in terms of make, we know what it sounded like. We were there. Um, it is not good. It is not quality music, if you want to call it that. No. So the idea that this guy is like super privileged and a total fucking ding dong, oh. um, that is infuriating. But you know, hopefully people see. Hopefully people see the stupidity. Um, Bud Light probably doesn't taste great anyway, all around. Um, but but they've always been a they've always been a pro gay queer community, like they've always done that. Yeah. Even, you know, even if you want to call it rainbow capitalism, it's like it's they've always been on the right side of things. And to see them at least try to continue to do that, even though now they have to, I guess you know, they retroactively try to yeah, they took it back, <laughs> and it's like oh, you guys are so it's so lame. But you yeah. know, all that being said, it's like. What a, what a completely pointless debacle. That's my point. <laughs> yeah. Completely pointless and over nothing. Nothing, again, yeah. nothing happened except that Dylan Mulvaney is trans and all these people are just ma mad. I'm yeah. like, she didn't do anything. She didn't do anything. Nothing happened. Yeah. Like yeah. literally think, nothing happened. I think they do make the analogy though um, to like, they'll be like, well, what about the, you know, president of the KKK? And you're like, okay, but that's, we like it's hard not to be a queer peers person and be like but we're right because we're always yeah. on the side of human rights and yeah, you could just, never be wrong just being <laughs> just being decent that's it just yeah just being decent yeah i guess that's our message today just yeah. be fucking decent i'm glad that this see this film just from its very existence sparked a transcentric um discussion between who us who could have guessed <laughs> i really appreciate you for going on that ride with me yeah it's game time y'all we're playing who wore it best today uh, what's the name of this movie? The worst the person yeah. in <laughs> the most worst the most person worst. in the world, yeah. Um, today version. So, uh, Elliot, are you ready? I'm ready. Awesome. First, we're gonna do a line from Julie. How could we not? Uh, I think this is from the breakup um, with Axel. <clears throat> I'll go first. This is exactly my point. I'm trying to tell you how I feel, and you're defining my feelings. This is exactly my point. I'm trying to tell you how I feel, and you are defining my feelings. 
Oh my god, iconic, amazing. <laughs> and now we'll hear from the original Julie. Okay, we'll head into our axle line now. This is a pretty obvious choice for me. I I guffawed at this part. Yes. <laughs> Let me see, okay. Bobcat is a wildcat in a world of domestic cats. He's a rebel against the bourgeoisie. One of the most iconic buttholes ever. <laughs> All right, now let's hear your axle. Bobcat is a wildcat in a world of domestic cats. He's a rebel against the bourgeoisie. One of the most iconic buttholes ever. Wow. Recast. <laughs> imminent. <laughs> now let's hear uh, from the OG Axel. Don't forget that I have a meat cup. And finally, we're going to hear from her dad. Now, this man's name is Per Harald. Per, 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 per Harald. <laughs> no, I pressed the button on the mouse. Then I put the arrow on the square. I tried twice, then it vanished. <laughs> All right, let's hear your diddy. Okay. No, I pressed the button on the mouse. Then I, then I put the arrow on the square. I, I tried twice, then it vanished. <laughs> A very complaining boomer. I have to do it that way. Nobody's believing this man. No. Um, and now we'll hear this uh, this iconic performance. All right, y'all, weigh in. Who wore it best? Was it me, your host, Jonathan Andre Cullison? Was it our esteemed guest, Elliot Glazer? Or was it the original cast? The worst person in the world. Weigh in in the comments, please. All right, we'll, we'll move on to our Gender Icon Award. Now, Elliot, this is a, an, a very... It's a loose award, you know, it's like anything gendery, anybody iconically gendery. Uh, we've had it given to props, actors, objects, places. Um, so it's really up for your interpretation. I'll go um, first just to make you comfortable here. I'm giving it very particularly to blonde med school Julie. Um, it's a full gendery mood for me. This reminds me of a lot. I went to a all girls, all girls and me, I, uh, Catholic, Irish, and Italian um, school for high school growing up. So um, this the messy ponytail, all of that. It's like, I know, I know this girl. Um, so that was an iconic moment for me. And uh, it sort of reminded me of like that just precipice before adulthood where you're like, I'm going to take a good look at myself in the mirror before I go to this next part. So iconic blonde Julie, what about you? Um, I would have to give it to Per, per Harold. Mm -hmm. uh, he's just the most like man baby you could possibly, you know, aside from yes. the fact that he's a boomer, you know, those jokes write themselves, but mm -hmm. he's just, a, he's a man baby, you know? And like, it's really always men who have that, 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 those tantrums, you know, even yes. like what we were talking about before with like, uh, like the kid rock of the kid rocks of the world, there was their behavior is so tantrumy that I have to see it as just like such a, 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 a straight man, straight cis man kind of mm -hmm. thing that mine has to go to Per Harold. 
Yeah, totally. Well, the moment he the windbreaker is presented, that's a man. Um, oh yeah, so... that's a dude. <laughs> I think you're right. Okay, well, well, I'll make sure that uh, I usually try to contact these actors. You know, very you know through agents. I send letters through the mail. Um, we want them to know their appreciation for these yes. um, amazing performances and to hand out the very real awards. Of course. Um, so, <laughs> so uh, well, thank you for participating in that, and thank you so much, Elliot, for joining us today on the TCU. <laughs> Um, and sharing the, you know, suggesting the movie uh, with me. I'm really excited to be on your show um, next. I think we're recording next month. Next month, month so, yes. Um, will it be out? Uh, will be out some sometime after that. Yes, it's called um, "You're Making It Worse," and we're looking forward to having you on that. Sweet. Um, so yes, I'm. I'm totally stoked about that. And um, yes, I, I also want to commend you on your iconic performances, Elliot, on Broad City. <laughs> I literally, yeah, just uh, I like to say that as Elliot. Oh, thanks. Um, because Thank totally you. different character, not you. No. Um, but not, not an IO to you. Um, but I loved it. Uh, great show. And you were just so thank great you. on it. So um, I want to thank you for that. And y'all... Um, we're going to be filming Will It Justice Drag Queen Private Eye next month. GoFundMe is up right now. The link is uh, in the show notes. And, you know, wigs are expensive. So let's support Lady Shalane, like one of the most iconic drag queens I have ever met. Um, she's just such a gem. We're making her a total star. So um, that is uh, available for you. Please contribute um, or share. Uh, if you can't give your money in capitalism, totally understandable. Uh, follow, like, and subscribe. Thank you for listening again. And we are out. Thanks, Elliot. Oh, what a treat.